Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Take Flight Podcast. This is episode number 206. And as you can see or hear us, we are back together as a group of four with Daniel Johnson, Oluokanola, Pavilo Timbo, and I, Shual Ahmed. Now, in this episode, uh, we are back for an exciting group discussion. And specifically, we're looking to help people that are going through transitions during this time of year with a focus on those who are in their early career stages. So this episode is for those listeners that have just started the academic year at university, or maybe you're starting a placement year or internship, or maybe, you, maybe you've actually decided to go down a different path outside of formal education and decided to start a business in, instead in this time of year. For this episode, we'll explore all those scenarios and reflect on what we would be doing if we were going through those times now. And then, of course, for our listeners that are maybe not in that stage of your career, you may be in a similar stage to us. What we would recommend in this episode is you listen through and let us know if you agree or disagree with our recommendations, as we are also always looking to get your viewpoints too. And before we hit the music, a small ask on behalf of the team, if you can follow and subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to us on and even leave a review, this will really help us to continue to grow and provide the episodes of value to you as we continue to do so moving forward. Now with that, let's hit the music and get into today's episode. All right, guys, so it's great to see uh, everyone. I think I need to start with uh, Daniel Johnson for our check-in for, for this time because he's in a very beautiful surrounding for those that are watching on YouTube or watching the video. Daniel, how, how are you doing and where in the world are you today? What's wrong with my usual surroundings? No offense, you don't have that um, piece of art on the wall. No, I'm not. I'm not, uh, Daniel. You you've got, you've got. Oh, you wait. You, 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 you wait on it. You, you wait. You, you wait on it. It'd be. You've, you've got a beautiful office. Beautiful office, Daniel. But I can tell that you're in a different surroundings. That's what I meant. Okay. Firstly, just to say that I had an enjoyable um, week last week. I was off of work um, on some parental leave, so that was nice to be off work. I'm sure Oli will be very proud of that. Um, I'm working this parental week. Parental leave. Um, Parental leave, yep. Still got some paternity leave to use. Um, I'm working this week um, and I'll be off for the next two weeks on some more parental leave. So I'm looking forward to enjoying some more time off, off work. I'm sure Olu will be proud once again. But I'm actually joining the podcast from sunny Ghana, uh, Accra to be specific, here for uh, for three weeks with the family. And how's the, uh, how's the trip so far, Daniel? And you mentioned sunny Ghana, but just let the listeners know, what's the temperature where you are where you are at the moment? It is about 27, 29 degrees, although I must say there was heavy rain today, so it wasn't very much the sunny part, but it's still very warm. Okay, and nice. nice and um, But great to hear that you're uh, able to, you know, get off that intense work schedule um, and then have a have a very well-deserved, well-deserved break. If anyone's trying to make some digs, I have, you know, I was up to past midnight doing work. Um, of course, of so, course. Yeah. Daniel, we wouldn't we wouldn't expect anything less. That's why you're a key member of the Take Flight podcast. And actually, with that, let's contrast. Olu Okanola, how are you doing, bro? How, how are things on on your, on your end? <laughs> One of us needs to work on this podcast. <laughs> if that's <laughs> if that's recorded episodes, are actually doing my my nine to five work. You know, um, no, it's been manic. If I'm completely honest. Um, we're currently in the, the budget period um, for anyone who works in finance, sort of setting your budget for next year, which is a great time um, because you start to think about it in your personal life as well. Q4, right? You start to look ahead and say, okay, in my personal life, have I started putting together the plans and gone to the same level of detail and depth that I had to do or I do on my um, nine to five? Um, but outside of that, uh, the weekend was fun. So I went to the NFL game in Tottenham um, Stadium, which was a lot of fun, um, great experience. And then I caught up with a few friends to do um, sip and stroke, so painting. Um, if some of you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen my masterpiece. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been a good weekend, but crazy work, crazy work. Don't, 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 don't stop there, Oli. We also know that you are, your knee's back in business. After oh, Yes. Thank you for reminding me, Daniel. In fact, today is um, today's actually the day that we're recording because we record obviously a few days before we upload the episode. But I'm actually going to return back to football today. So I'm excited. Um, I'll let you guys know how it goes. 
next week. Yeah. <laughs> but my road back to Saudi is is back it's on long. track. I'm back on track. <laughs> Actually, maybe for the for the listeners that may not be aware, we have been closely monitoring as a group Olu's uh, injury that he had, which was a groin injury. Is that correct, Olu? No, no, this one was a knee knee injury. Knee injury. Okay, you know, at this age, I forget because it's always it's always changing on a weekly basis. But it's good to hear that Olu is back on the football pitch. Um, Did you guys? I know this is obviously changing the subject a little, um, but one of the guys that we've in, uh, interviewed on the podcast before, Alfred, um, he did like this football tournament. Um, did you guys see that on his Instagram? Yeah, yeah. The, the, um... When I saw it, I was wondering, I was like, yo, we need to sign up next year, take like <laughs> podcast, get another member, maybe Nathan or one of our friends to join in. And we've got a five aside and see, see what this group is talking about. Yeah, it's no, a great idea, you, Oli. I was, it's a great, no, no, listen, listen. It's a great idea, but with your injury track record, bro, baby steps. Just just focus on walking, worry, running, and after that, we'll go from there. Um, <laughs> but great to hear you, you're back to full fitness, Oli, because the, the football pitches have, have missed you. I think with that, let's go to P. How, how are things on your end and how are you doing? Yeah, sh- yeah, short and sweet. All is well. Family's well. I'm good. Uh, looking forward to getting into today's discussion. Uh, yeah, not much to, to report back. All good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then on, on my side, all good as well. Actually, Olu, I was at the um, the Tottenham Stadium also watching the game on Sunday. So maybe we would have crossed paths, actually. Yeah, I don't know if you I watched that. Well. Um, but yeah, small word. I should have messaged you, actually. Um, but other than that, all good. P and I also caught up with a friend of the podcast uh, in London um, over a very fun lunch. And yeah, overall, good. Uh, good. And it's good to be back in the podcast. And actually, also, while we're here... Uh, a big thank you to Olu for recording a Take Flight Takeaway episode last week. For the listeners who do follow, we've all had a very busy summer, so we've had to replay a few episodes a few times. Uh, but now we're back in the flow of recording new content, and Olu set us off with a with a great episode. So for anyone who's missed our Take Flight Takeaways episodes, make sure you check the last one that Olu has done a really, really uh, good job on. Uh, okay, with that, let's get into this week's episode. So, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going through some different scenarios, and we imagine if we were back in that position today, what would be the three actions, top three actions that we would do in that particular scenario? So, to kick us off, scenario one, this is if you were starting university again as a fresher. And for this, let's go to Olu for your, your view on what are the top three actions that you would be recommending to do. If you've just started university, you're probably about a month in because we're in October now. And um, What would you recommend for anyone that's just starting out? And I know in your case, Olu, because you are so young, this is actually not so many years back, but what would you be doing if you're in your first year? But just, just, to, just to clarify, a fresher only lasts for one week, isn't it? You're a fresher for a week. Well, so, fre- so fresh- let's say freshman. Why don't freshman. you double down on what you're doing that week and then talk about what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you first gave me this um scenario i sat down and was trying to calculate how many years this was like and i worked out i think it's what 15 years um when we started at university you can't believe time time feels like it's flown past um i still feel that young my body still feels i still look that young um so imagine me going to campus you know first week um, and sort of my first year, what would be sort of three tips or advice and, um, that I would probably give to listeners and or do differently? Or in most cases, I would say I'll probably do the same. Um, I think the first um, area that I focus on or even I challenge people to think about is the notion that your first year doesn't matter. Um, I think a lot of people go to university thinking, First year doesn't matter. Let me just have as much fun as possible. Um, But what I would challenge you to do in that first year, and especially as a fresher, is to start to build habits. Um, Because so many people um, try to turn it on at the end or turn it on in their second year. But the problem is they haven't built the right habits. Um, um, So I'll start off with just really your first year does matter start to build the right habits if that's attending all your lectures. I know some people will be like, oh, it's a morning lecture. I'm not going to go to it. Um, you don't know how much you learn just by being in that building or being in that class. I think that would be the first one that I would focus on. The next one um, really is that your network does really matter. Your network is your net worth when it comes to university. I think out of the 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 other three people on the podcast, right, two of them, went to the same university 
I met them on the first week at university, right? I'm sure, um, and it ties to the first point, right? I'm sure they were looking at how I moved in that first sort of week, first month to see, okay, is this person a serious person, right? What sort of box should I put this person? Is this the person just to have banter with? Is this the person to actually have as a study partner? Is this the person that I just avoid because they're just reckless, right? Um, yeah, time as out, time as... I'm jumping in it. I'm jumping in it. Yeah. When I think of, when I think about you saying observing how you moved, Olu had fresh garments every every day. Olu was matching colours from the hat to the shoes <laughs> to the top. <laughs> My wardrobe game was on point. Yes. Imagine <laughs> if he was wearing red. Make sure he had the red hat, some red sort of top, <laughs> and some red trainers or something like that. My guy will come in fresh every single every single lecture. But so I actually, sure so, yeah, go on. But just just and this is just to build on Olu's Olu's point about you know trying to figure people out. So Daniel, based on what you saw of Olu and his dress code, what box did you put him in in that first week? What did you categorize uh, Olu as? I was thinking, was he coming in to study or here for a fashion show? <laughs> and I was, I was taking time to figure it out. But over time, I realized he was as serious as his dressing as he was his um, his studies. You, okay. could, you, could, you, could, well, you could see that very early on. I backed it up with my the way I applied myself into, um, into my course. I remember Agreed. we had, I think it was in maths, one of the topics that we had, I remember. And I found out that a lot of people that did my course didn't do A-level maths, which I had done previously. And I remember one time I walked out while I was walking out and the lecturer was like, oh, you can go out if you answer this question, right? Um, which I knew the answer to and I was able to leave. But I hope that that showed people, okay, cool. He's got, he's not the dumb guy that's just walking out for the sake of walking out. He's walking out because he knows these things. But that would be the second point. And then my last point really is try new things. Like university is about new experiences and what i mean about that is if there's a business idea that you want there's so much resources on a campus for you to just try new things if there's a debate group that's maybe not your normal debate group or the group of people that you hang out with experience that go to that debate go to that conversation learn about it go to that workshop like at that particular time you're you're really a sponge right and the key thing is really what can you learn? What can you try? You might realize, and obviously within reason, yeah, it doesn't mean you can now go go, go and be reckless and try <laughs> anything and everything, yeah. But what I mean in terms of really on the educational standpoint, right, look at if there's an industry that you are interested in or if it had to do, and it might not be aligned with your or on your particular course, but you might say, okay, I really like computers and technologies. Let me attend one of those lectures or attend one of those workshops or attend one of those um, aspects, right? Um, and just try new things, especially in that first year, because you could find, I know so many people that might have tried a new experience, a new course um, per se, enjoyed it more than what they were previously doing, found themselves moving. Or some people started great businesses, right? I, um, I'm i not going to mention the person's name, but he didn't attend a lot of our lectures because he was trying to start in a new business at that particular time. Uh, I think Daniel knows who I'm referring to there. But that's what university is about. There's so much resources um, near you. Try to utilize it and do different things. So I'll just quickly repeat those three things. First year, is, first year of your university does matter. So obviously apply yourself. People are watching you. Your network is your net worth. So there's going to be so many people that you're going to meet in the first day of university. They're going to be looking at you. So first impression matters, create a great bond, find who are going to be your close friends for just fun, close friends for study buddies and are going to push you, drive you, inspire you. Um, and then lastly, try new experiences. If that's a business, a topic that you're interested in, experience it, leverage the resources at university and do it. Not only I appreciate the insights. I think they're really helpful. Uh, for someone who's in this position now, what would you recommend? Because you're someone who is is very confident in themselves. You're someone who can easily get along with people in a new environment. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any problems doing that. So if someone dropped you in a new environment, you can figure it out. What would you suggest to somebody who is attending 
moving, leaving home for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're an hour or two hours away from home. They're going to university where none of their friends from college or sixth form are attending. Yeah. What would you recommend that person, he or she, to do within the first 90 days to climatize to the new environment and not and, and to feel not feel as if it's not for them, right? How do, how do they make yeah. the most of that scenario? Because I think those those people in particular um, can easily Great go question. left. Right. Great question, Pete. I think the first thing you need to do is, um, I would say, is a mental um, exercise or understanding, right? And the first thing you need to come to the realization is everyone is nervous. Everyone's insecure. Um everyone is shy right even people that and i'll speak about myself i've got a facade where it, it might be the first time at university i'm outgoing etc so i remember when i was at university right there was an element of me that was shy i didn't know if like am i going to get along with people am i going to make new friends here right there's going to always be that mental voice that's telling you that you, you, this is not where you need to be or this is not where you should be my advice to someone that faces that is one don't try to be different right try to find try to discover and be who you are and then secondly is try to put your space yourself in spaces where you're interested in right that's how you're going to find like-minded people so if you're someone that okay you love playing chess you don't really like going clubbing or partying but people think that you're going to automatically want to go you can find a chess club in university okay if that's not you and you want to do um roller skating right you'll be like okay back when i used to be up in birmingham or wherever you lived i used to skate all the time okay i'm gonna join the skating group you're gonna meet people in that scenario so my biggest advice for that person that might be nervous that doesn't feel like university is your space make it your space right the way you make it your space is gravitate to your interest and if that doesn't actually exist what i would even recommend people to do is create that environment right like there wasn't a skating society or at brunel university it was just a bunch of people bought skates and went skating around campus now they created a group of people there right if it's um if it's um chess create a chess club if there's not one already at your campus that's going to allow you to meet people that are like-minded have the same interest and you're going to make a friend like that and it's not about the quantity of friends, it's the quality of friends, right? So you don't need to be that popping person like P, where everyone knows who he is, you know, every, P, 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 yeah? You could be that quiet, reserved person that just got that one quality pet, friend that's laid back, reserved, and that's going to be, that's going to get you through university and you're going to build a great relationship that's probably going to go on outside of university as well. I, I, I just want to say, I'd even take a step back because I was someone who was kind of in a situation. There were like one or two other people from university, from my college that I wasn't really close with. So more or less, I came to uni not knowing anyone. And I think even before you create that society, because I think what P is saying is someone who might be shy or reserved. Before uni, I was actually quite a reserved person, but uni kind of changed who I was and I became more confident. And I think what helped me was I started to know people on my course first. That's mm. why you. That's where you build the confidence. Once you start building the confidence of knowing people in your course, it gives you the confidence to meet people outside of your course. But also put myself in what were awkward situations where I was to meet people. So in Freshers' Week, there are a load of different parties going on, people doing different things in different halls of residence. I went to those. I, I started to meet people. Those weren't necessarily people I hung around with or stayed friends with for the duration of for of uni, but they're people I got to meet. And that's how you start to build those conversations. And Oli's nodding his head like I'm talking nonsense. But yeah, I, saw, I, I saw you at a few parties when I was walking to my oh, room yeah. to go and study. I saw you at a few parties. <laughs> well, I won't, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say that's not true because I know I went to some to meet new people and to meet people that weren't, you know, weren't necessarily on my course because there's a benefit to knowing people on your course. There's also a benefit mm-hmm. to knowing people outside of your course. That's but like like Oli said, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, when people come to uni, they're also reinventing themselves because a lot of people are not known before their uni life. So they try and be someone they're not. They're trying to be Mr. Cool, Mr. Popular. So everyone's almost got like a blank canvas trying to recreate themselves. So that's also something to be very cautious or weary of because you often meet people that you know of or knew before uni and they're acting brand, brand new. 
Bolu, thank you for setting us up so well with that first scenario. And P and Daniel, some great questions and inputs. The only thing that I'll add on top of that for the for the listeners is also figure out the the opportunity to experiment a bit about trying these new things, these new environments. And for me, actually going from Portsmouth, where I grew up, to London for university, that in itself was a was a big move, and I was around new people. But a lot of the experiences of what went well and didn't go so well, I was able to carry through, um, which allowed me to help move to countries multiple times. And all those experiences actually helped to compound for the for the better. So any experience that you're going through in that first year. Um, in terms of that new environment, meeting new people, these are things that are extremely valuable later on in your career if you continue to push yourself to go into new environments. Um, now, if we transition to the the next year, so you've had an amazing first year, you've listened to everything that Oli recommended, you've met lots of cool people, people recognize your amazing clothes that Oli used to wear as well, uh, and you had a lot of fun with it. And now you've entered your your second year. Again, you're one month in, you finish your first year. So second year, Daniel, what would you do? Let's go to you for this scenario. If you were in your second year again, what would be the top three actions that you'd recommend for someone going through that scenario now? I think my first one would be slightly contrary to Olu's first point about first year doesn't count or doesn't matter. I would say it matters in the re- in regard of, you know, it, it's not wasted year. It's not free year. You have to, of course, make it matter. But in regards to your grades, what you got in the first year does not matter. Whether you did fantastic, whether you did appallingly bad, as long as you got a pass, it generally doesn't count towards your overall degree in most universities. It's usually a 40-60 split between your second and final year in most universities. So don't count me on that. But in the majority of universities, your first year grades don't count. Yeah, I was just going to say, before we run away with that point, I think every person should check what it is for their own university because I know it, it yeah. varies for university but yeah there is it definitely at least for us it was that way um but yeah. I don't want anyone to think the first year doesn't count and then find that it's actually yeah. a 40 percent credit but, but, <laughs> yeah. um, agreed, I, I agreed. you obviously have to get you have to get a minimum to get to the second year so yeah. I'm not saying don't as in don't do anything in first year and hope to get to second year I mean when you've got your results and you're through to second year don't dwell on oh I got 95 percent overall because don't, you don't want to get you, you don't want your head to swell and think you're gonna get that swimmingly again in your second year but also if you got say 60 percent you still have an opportunity to change that in a positive way no but P- um, Daniel I think just to clarify what I said was that your first year does matter right? yeah that's what I thought, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said that yeah. no I was saying the country I said it's contrary to what you said like as in it okay. matters but I mean in terms of the grades it doesn't matter so okay. much okay yeah cool cool yeah, yeah. yeah. but more I'm for the habits sure. is in my mind yeah yeah and then, so that's the first point. The second point is similar to Olu's about habits um, and maybe just giving a slightly different take. And I'm talking about forming good habits when it comes um, particularly to the academic side, because some courses are lecture intensive where you don't get a lot of free time and others uh, don't have a lot of lectures and maybe give you three or four days free per week. And we all know in life, nothing is free. That free time should be spent studying or formalizing some sort of timetable as to how you should manage your time in studying extra materials or going over lecture notes or whatever it may be. Make sure you're not just squandering that time and not doing anything useful because you'll quickly find that if you do that, it's time to write your final year exams and you'll be in a very sticky situation. But at the same time, I think it's also good to form habits of managing or striking that balance between studying and socializing because you also need to enjoy the time at university as well as applying your knowledge and your skills to the course you've signed up to do. And the last point is have fun and enjoy the journey because it's not about the destination, but it's about the journey. And one thing about university is whilst you want to leave with a a good degree and the best possible degree, it's also about the relationships you build. For example, Olu mentioned about the three of us we study the same course and 15 years later, we're doing a podcast. We're still in great contact. And the person Oli was referring to about starting business in the first year, he's a very good friend of mine. And one thing he actually said is one thing he regrets was not building relationships during uni. He was someone who was working outside of uni, but also not really attending lectures. But one of his regrets was he didn't spend that time investing his time into building relationships. And I can say that a lot of my friends till to this day are those I went to university with. Mm. Facts. and maybe just to quickly build on on those great points Daniel especially that last one that you shared of 
that conversation you had with a friend and what he regretted doing. I think that was also a similar reflection with a, with a friend of mine who, when we were at university, was very, very much focused on the textbooks, the assignments, spending a lot of time in the library, which again, is not a bad thing at all. But when I speak to him now, he's of a similar age to us. He does regret missing out on those nights with your friends and those experiences that you would have together. And if you think about how much of a percentage of work you would have had to do less versus the experience and memories that you gain, you still probably could have got the grade that you were striving towards and still maximize those experiences. And I think the older we get, the more we realize how difficult it is for for even us to be in the same country, to logistically organize all these schedules that we have. Those memories, you will not always have the time to make those memories. So I just really wanted to double and just want to hammer home that that great point that you made, Daniel, at the, at the end regarding the the regrets that people that we know have had. Yeah, I just I just want to tag this point in actually, and because I, I don't want to leave it to the third and final year, and I should have just added it to Olu's point in the first year. One thing that I would strongly recommend um, any university student to do is to, as much as you can, raise your financial awareness, because I think it's the first time you actually experience receiving a sum of money, whether it's a bursary. Um, grant or whether it's some sort of student loan you know um, and so I at least myself found that I received more than I needed to spend on my course or actually my accommodation so there was a basically a surplus left there so I think if you can actually build going back to Olu's point around building up the right habits if you can build up good financial habits in your first year it will help you throughout your university so by the time you get to sort of the end and you're looking to start you know a new um your career you've already sort of established some really really good money habits and and um um yeah I, I personally experienced that so I think I think I wouldn't wait into a third and final year to start understanding what to do with the money that you've been receiving you know whether it's a student loan or grant or however you you've been um receiving income throughout those three years I think we should actually spend a little bit more time on that actually because I think that's a very critical point that we just almost almost just forgot about because that student loan drops what the first the first the sec the first Saturday after your first full week. And a lot of people go out shopping and buy, spend that money on clothes, trying to get a new wardrobe. Whereas you also have to realize you have to pay your first term tuition fees plus any accommodation that you may be um, staying in, whether that's in private university halls accommodation or off-campus accommodation. That's not automatically deducted from your mm. student loan. That's something you have to proactively pay. So I think it's good to understand what you have to spend throughout the year for accommodation and your course, in addition to textbooks that you may need for your course. We all remember that book from EC3025, Madura, that book that we did not use once but cost us £70 each that was not in the library either. So there are some books that are essential for your course and they're always at my home that you need them. And that's part of your that, that money needs to be taken from somewhere. And if you haven't got a part-time job whilst at university, you have to survive on the money you have left over after paying your expenses on the accommodation, your tuition fees. Then you have to think about food. Then you have to think about your social life. So there are many elements you have to factor in. So I would say don't go crazy and spend all that money first weekend. And you can yeah. often see who does because the sec first week at uni, they're not necessarily wearing the best clothes. Second week, their, 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 their wardrobe is very different. I'd go, I'd go to go as far as saying, because I know people have actually done it and they've achieved it. Um, the opportunity to buy your first home starts with that first student loan amount of money that comes in. And if you, depending on how you play it and how you allocate your money throughout the three years, you can find yourself in a position where by the end of third year, you can have a relatively substantial amount that can start um, the process in terms of putting, not a put maybe a, de a deposit down depending on where you buy, but it can put you in the game or closer to the game. So it's, it's, um, and it's, it's effectively debt, right? It's a cheap form of money, student loan. And then you can actually wisely put that into an investment that can return you a certain amount of money. So it's, it's people should think about, not when I start working, can I start saving? You can already start the process on your first year of university. And ask yourself the question, because I know we're sort of veering off in terms of the financial element of university. But I think another question you should really ask yourself is, do you need the maximum amount? Right. Um, so me, I worked whilst I was at university. I know some people didn't, right? And they wanted to focus at, on university, which is great. Um, but I think one of the questions, I probably feel like I took the maximum amount of student loan, which I 
personally didn't need at that particular time but thankfully i was able to um in the next few years sort of not have to take the maximum amount etc needed but i would say you should ask yourself do you need a maximum and like you're going to make mistakes when it comes to budgeting right everyone had that period of time where you're waiting for that um, amount to hit your account because you poorly budgeted the first half right that's then the time and the opportunity for you to really sit down and say, okay, how much do I spend on food? How much do I spend on going out? How much do mm-hmm. I? That's a, uh, I would say a B tech, um, ex- real life experience of how to manage your money. Where sometimes, in most cases, and this is not everyone, you have a safety net where you can potentially call parents if needed. But it gives you that first opportunity to maybe start and understand. Okay, this is a lump sum of money that's been given to me. These are all my outgoings and responsibilities. Let me now understand what budget truly means. Okay, let me know, okay, if I'm going to start living above my means, the only way I can fund that is by having another source of income. So that's either a job or um, PE and I were student um, student mentors on campus, right, to get additional money as well. So it's a great... Um, is a great sort of entry level, like P said, into understanding and managing finance and ask people, right? That's also a place where you can ask people questions. You might not be, and I think sometimes we take for granted the fact that all of us work in a finance economic sort of space. So there's a lot of terminology that we would know, but that's not an excuse if you don't, right? There's so many people at university that you can ask that question, speak to someone in economics or finance. Okay, how do you build a budget together? How do I budget? See someone that's doing it well. Because you're going to know, like um, Daniel said, you're going to notice the people that are managing their money well and the people that are not managing their money well, right? You're going to see it. So, okay, ask the person, okay, are you managing it, right? Um, And don't feel bad if you're one of those people that are not managing it well because there's also sometimes hidden privileges that people have that you might not be aware of. Their Mm. parents might be also giving them additional money, et cetera. But yeah. So just to summarize my points about second year, um, with respect to your grades, of course, find out from university if first year counts. But most universities, or the university at least we went to, the first year didn't count. So whether you did fantastically well or terribly bad, but managed to get into second year, make sure you form good habits and start the second year on the right foot because it's going to count towards your final and overall degree. Um, form good habits, especially when it comes to the academic side. Use your free time which isn't necessarily free to study, to do extra materials, to read over lecture notes, to get ahead of the curve. And lastly, have fun and enjoy the journey because it's not about the destination, but moreover, it's about the relationships you build. Great, great points, Daniel. Thank you for for teeing us up so well. So you follow all those instructions that that Daniel has given you um, and the additional pieces of advice that P and Olu have provided as well. You smash out your your second year with almost 99%, which is a record for the course, while also having a lot of fun along the way. And then then you get to the next scenario. So the next scenario, scenario, we will go over to Pabilo where we will imagine that you're now in your final year of university, just assuming it's a three-year course, uh, what would be the top three actions that you'd recommend for anyone that's coming into their final year of studies? Maybe they're already looking forward to the next chapter, but what can you do to make the most of that final year? P, what's your yeah. So I, I really love this episode because um, in a way, what we're basically doing is providing a really, really good brief briefing to those who are starting or maybe in their second year or even in their final year. Um, and it helps actually to combat against a lot of the narratives around university is a waste of time, schooling is a waste of time. I think it's more around providing the right guidance to people that are attending on how they can get the most out of it. Um, and this is what I think we're doing in this episode. So as you come into your third year, I can imagine for most people, they're sort of feeling um, the pressure and wanting to actually finish really, really well. And I can imagine most people are focusing solely on that degree. Right, wanting to get the first in an idle scenario. Um, if they don't get a first, you know, they might have an offer from a company that might be conditional based on a certain grade. And a lot of pressure is probably, they, they create a lot of pressure in order to get a certain grade. I think my very first point, actually, what comes to mind is around, in, even in your final year, you have to understand how to create value beyond the grade. And we've all prepared for this episode separately, but funny enough, our points are actually quite interlinked. And so the f- value beyond the grade talks a lot about immersing yourself into these clubs and societies and understanding what else you can do beyond the grade. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the very top universities or the very top institutions, the reason why they produce the best um, individuals is because they not only achieve 
high level of results, but they have more to their game than just the grade. So they're able to speak from different societies. They're able to, to contribute from different clubs, um, whether it's a sporting event or whether it's something to do with a musical um, um, outlet. So I think, I think people should definitely say, look, you know, maybe there should be a minimum of three to five clubs that you're a part of where you're contributing, where you're actually trying to shape the way people think or trying to start a movement within universities that hasn't, they haven't seen before. So I think this is just as important as your grades, because ultimately what I think you anyone's, what we're all trying to do out of a university experience is who can tell the best stories when it's all said and done. You know, how many good stories can you actually tell once you've graduated beyond your degree? Uh, because I think your degree, um, I don't want to put a negative spin on it, but you are going to talk more about the stories that you've actually experienced as opposed to what degree you actually achieved as you go on in your life. So I think I think that that sort of you know value beyond the the grade I think is super super important for people to keep in mind because they I think they're just solely focused on I need to get a first and that will solve all my problems. You're going to find yourself coming up short against someone that actually has worked on other areas. Mm. P, I, I love yeah. the just to double click on that right because I love the fact that that was your first example. I, I believe there's a there's a bare minimum that you need for every like certain jobs right some will say you need a minimum to one so when i went after i did my placement i had an offer um depending on me getting a minimum of a two one right so that ticks the box but what really differentiated me was not what i not my degree and my course and they weren't asking me like tell us a balance sheet a t account that was not it it was what am i doing outside of university and I remember, I still to this day remember my interview for the company that I worked on. I spent half an hour talking about a business that I'd started at university um, called Everything Uni. It was supposed to like compete with eBay at that yeah, particular you, you, time. You've mentioned that a number of times. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that was the mission. But, but unfortunately, I'm on this podcast versus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I played. But I spent half an hour talking to the interviewer about my business plan, how I was going to go to market, how I was going to acquire customers. All these elements differentiated me where we didn't spend any time talking about anything around my mm -hmm. grade or course, mm -hmm. etc. And I ended up getting that job. So P is absolutely right. Yes, there's a bare minimum grade you need to get, right? That's given for certain jobs. But what's going to really differentiate you is what you do outside of it. And I'm sure in our corporate um, world, we've had to do interviews. So I've had to actually recruit for certain roles. And I've remembered, like, sometimes I've been sitting there and saying, damn, if I was applying for this job now, I wouldn't get it. Like, this person is like, I speak multiple language here. I do this, there, this, this. And that's really what gets them the job. So like we said, from the first year of university all the way to the end, try new experiences, businesses, debates, working as part of your committees, doing lots of stuff so that you can talk about that when you graduate from your university. Yeah, yeah I, th I think great points. I think if, if you're in that higher education, I think it's about understanding the system because when you finish uni um, college, university, your piece of paper shows that you as an individual can do well. But you have to remember when you're in a corporate environment, you're not working by yourself. You're part of a team. You're part of a company. There's culture. So they want to see a well-rounded individual about what you can bring, what you can add, and how you fit into that culture. Because if someone's a great A-star student, 100% all the way, but they're introvert, they're not going to fit into the culture most likely. And many roles, it requires a team, team effort, team work ethic, team input. So I think they also look for those, those elements. And that's why those societies that you're a part of or extracurricular activities you do are very, very important into um, forming that success after. And, and I actually precisely received that feedback when I went for my first internship opportunity after my second university. I was told that you wasn't the smartest person in the assessment group, but you was a better team fit, which is why we went with you. So the other person clearly had better grades. Um, I guess their CV was more polished from that standpoint, but in terms of the interaction on, on the day, maybe how else I presented myself, 
I was a better team fit. But yeah, she was just she was firing shots before I even started. Um, so, so, so my second point is actually um, again very similar to what what Olu and Daniel have said, which goes to show how how um, I think important these points are. But I, a bit a, a different spin on it, which is think about drafting A star players already in your final year. So using your awareness because you've got two years of data now to identify who do you see as potential that you could potentially work with post-university. So being quite strategic with your thinking is in a saying, I'm going to find, I'm going to put together a, a group or a rhythm where we stay in touch once we've graduated, because there's something that we can actually maybe do together. It could be traveling as a group. It could be working on a business idea or a nonprofit organization, but there's something that you can do with a lot of people that you can consider to have potential after your university and you could be working for two different companies. So I think this element of trying to identify talent yourself as if you are a company and then seeing how you can sort of create partnerships and synergies, um, not even in business after university, I think it's, I think it's definitely worth um, doing. And I think it just adds a bit more spice to what the guy said about actually building those relationships, which, which is the real currency at the end of the day, because, you know, think about it to the listeners. When I first met Daniel, it was, how, how how are you? How are you doing? My name's Pabilo. His name is Daniel. Then it went to, yo, bro, how's it going? And now it's going to my child, my son, calling him uncle, right? So the recurrency is relationships. And the final point I would say is, um, I don't know why we didn't do more of it, is document aggressively the entire journey. So I would even I would even put the idea in people's heads around, think about like putting together a very small production team or, or, or get your thoughts recorded when you're going through a particular challenge or you're trying to solve a problem or those late nights in these buildings where you're trying to get through your course, recall all of it. Because I think it just provides, it's just a great piece to reference as you continue to progress in your journey. So take more pictures and, and create more, um, I won't say movies, but these sort of short pieces of content, right? Uh, that you can, even if you're not a public person, but just privately for yourself, create these short pieces which I think are going to be really really um, valuable and who knows whatever you go on to achieve later on in your life 20 years down the line whatever you recorded at university could actually become something you use to unlock more value so those will be my sort of um, few points to remember in your final year whilst the pressure is on to get the right grade it's funny because um, we all talked about dependent um, doesn't really matter which stage of your university journey how important the people you surround yourself with I think I can remember in final year of university. Now, I'm a very, I know myself, I'm a very competitive person, right? So it's sometimes the competition element of it makes me show my best foot forward or apply myself a little bit more. I remember in final year of university, I actually had a bet with someone. They didn't go to our university. And we both said, look, she was on par to get first class degree. I was comfortable with my 2-1 degree, right? I was like, it is what it is. I just, I need a 2-1 to get to the company that I need to work for. But that competitive and having someone to keep you accountable made me actually say, you know what? When Pete calls me saying that he's studying, instead of me ignoring that phone call, let me actually pick it up, join him and work. So having, understanding what gets you motivated, what gets you going, finding those people and surrounding them, um, with you so if you're someone that's very competitive right okay have a little competition with one of your boys okay who can get the highest in that exam in that um in that um coursework if you're someone that's like okay you know what i'm more i need someone to really support me right okay have an accountability partner where it's like okay i'm gonna call you to make sure i remember um we had i'm not gonna mention the person's name but there was one person that i lived with who or didn't live with but he was always at our apartment who wasn't study like you could clearly tell he wasn't and we had to basically hold him accountable and be like okay we're going library you're coming with us like you're i've seen you at my apartment all day and you haven't been out leave go to go to your lectures go somewhere right and it's by having those group of people around you and knowing who they are and being that person for other people as well is what's going to get you through that journey you can't do it by yourself like i'm sure there's people that have done it by themselves but they've either regretted the fact that they haven't built relationships networks they probably struggled through um, potentially depression through that whole ordeal just because they didn't have anyone else to discuss the pressures that go on with university so build a close team like p said
around you? No, I, I think it's um, one, one or well, two points, actually, just not necessarily into any specific year. But I think it's a really important for you to understand your course, understanding how much your exams wait, sorry, how much, it, your, your, how much waiting your exams play to your degree and almost how much your assignments play to your degree. Because some, in some courses, your assignments are, you know, it's heavily weighted that your assignments have a bigger contribution to your overall grade and in others, it's your exams. So you have to really make sure that you give, you know, your best in what's going to really count and contribute. For example, I know of someone who studied a business degree before he'd even done his exams, he got first because he did very, very well in his assignment. And the two other guys, you know him as well. Um, so I think it's very important that you understand how your, your, your course works or your degree works in terms of assignment waiting and exam waiting. And then the other point is what Olu said is, I think first year or university in general can be very daunting, especially depending on what type of person you are. If you're struggling, speak to someone. Don't go through this by yourself, whether it's the first year of just a new environment, new surroundings, not having familiar people around you, or whether it's the final year and you think that uni is the be all and end all, that your whole life depends on a grade or a piece of paper, speak to someone at university, speak to a professional. There are many support systems. There are people in university that are, are there in place to help students. So please don't overlook that. And that is for everyone. It's not whether you're an introvert and a new and new surroundings. It could be that you're an extrovert, but in your quiet time, you're battling and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're have battles in the mind about being a failure or you're not getting the grades you want. Speak to someone. I stress you, do not go through this alone. There are people there to help and you're not alone and you're not the only one thinking this. That's just what I wanted to say. Thanks, Daniel. Great. Yeah, it's a great point, Daniel. And I think it's a it's a great reminder for everyone, no matter what year you're going through, as Daniel has beautifully said, always make sure that you have that that opportunity to speak to someone if you need it. And I think now, probably more than ever, they universities do have that resource. So please make sure to tap um into that. Now we'll try and get through the last two scenarios quite quickly. One would be if you're starting a corporate experience, and then also the other, recognizing, and I know in this episode we have focused on university, but we also do recognize that university is not for everyone and it is not required for everyone to be successful as well. So that's why we also wanted to give some advice in that scenario. But just to scale back and think now if you are starting this year and you are doing an internship or a placement, what are the things to focus on? I think the three areas that I would recommend for, for this section, and I think this is the order also for me personally that I think are, uh, is important. First one is if you're in a placement or an internship, it's very important that whatever task or responsibilities that you've been given, you focus on that as a number one priority, your deliverables, your expectations, um, the work that you need to produce in a large organization or in a startup or whichever business is very important that you focus on that as number one, because if that's not done well, then everything else becomes irrelevant. The second thing that I would ask people to focus on if you've just started a corporate experience is to use this opportunity to network. So if you're in the finance department and you want to learn about marketing, send an email to someone in marketing. If you're in marketing and you want to learn more about M&A or business and development, send a message to someone in those departments. You're in this network where you're going to be exposed to many different areas, many different departments, many different functions use that and reach out to people because it's a great way to understand firsthand how people are doing these roles and how to do it excellently or it could be something that you want to move into the last one i would would say is to make the most of the experience and hopefully this is coming through all our advice that we've given whether you're in first year second year third year of university or even in a professional environment make the most of those experiences i think in the the summer internship that i had in in switzerland it's where I had the opportunity to meet with Pabilo. The work in that summer was great. The network was also great. But the best part of that summer was actually traveling with the other interns around Switzerland, visiting things that we wouldn't normally have visited and making those memories that have really lasted a lifetime. Now, those were the, were the three. And I mentioned it specifically in this order because of the following reason. Focusing on the task at hand first will allow you to network. When you network, people will say, how is the work that that guy's doing? If the work is not very good in the first place, then the network will find out and you won't be able to make the most of it. Now, if you don't network effectively, professionally and personally, then you won't be able to make the third point, which is making the most of the experience outside of work and inside of work with the people that you connect with. I think the problem that many young people have is they do it in reverse. They want to make the most of the experience first. They're getting money in with their internship and their placement and they want to spend it and do some crazy things. With that, they want to network, but they're not focusing on their work. And it leads to an experience that isn't maximized. 
and could be much better maximized as long as you go through a proper sequence, which I think is is important. So that's in that scenario of whether you're starting a placement and um, internship. Olu, you want to, to do add to that scenario? Yeah, I, just on the first one that you mentioned in regards to your work element, I think what is kind of different with like a placement or starting a new job or even a business, right, is I would say you have to fail often and quickly. Now, when you, you're starting off at organization, right, you're given a grace to fail. And what I mean about that failure is, I see failure as trying something new or different that you're not maybe equipped to do, but you're going to learn from that particular um, experience. I think so many times people are afraid to fail. So they will just shy off, maybe just do the little bit of work, but won't try to go above and beyond or try to say, Hey, well, I hear you talking about this particular project. I'm not, I don't hundred percent know this, but you know what? I'm going to try and do it. And some of those times you're going to fail. I remember my first time in a corporate world, first day, they said, here's a presentation. We're going to do it globally. Would you like to do it? I said, yes. I didn't understand what I was going to present. It was the worst presentation of my life. The manager came over to me and said, first thing I want to say to you is the fact that you didn't say no on your first day and you decided to present to a global team, continue that attitude. It will get you far. Now, here are the areas that you could you need to improve on X, Y, Z. And then the next time I did a presentation the following week, smashed that out of the park. If the first thing I said was, nah, you know, it's day one. I haven't even got my laptop. You know, I'm not really that comfortable. <laughs> they're going to say, okay, you're that guy that's never going to put yourself out there, try something new. And there's going to be, op- there's going to be times I'm going to fail. There's going to be times I'm going to do something first time and succeed at it. But if you're not willing to fail, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities. And you've got to do that in business. And you've got to do that in... um the corporate space fell often and quickly. Love that example, Olu. And just to add to that, I think another reflection in that story that you shared, Olu, is that's a great leadership lesson for people that have younger people in their team where you actually give them the opportunity to present in a global presentation. You give them the space to to learn and develop. And then at the end of it, if things haven't gone so well, then credit to your leader that you were working with, Olu, that he put you to one side and gave you that advice and confidence and the boost to know, okay, Keep keep going at it because someone else in a very different leadership environment might have said, Ollie, you're never doing that again. I'm never going to give you the presentation again. But that was a clear leadership moment that you've carried through and kept that confidence throughout and if not grown uh, from that. So that's a great story to, to share, Ollie. And I think we've done a very comprehensive overview of first year uni, second year university, third year, and then also placements or internships. But as mentioned, university, especially now more than ever, is not a prerequisite for success. There are many people out there that have done amazing things without university education, even college education. Now, we wanted to explore that option as as well. So if you rather than going into university, you wanted to go into a more informal route of education maybe self-education or maybe you've got a business idea that's burning inside you and you want to go out there and start to to build in this section what we all wanted to do share one piece of advice that would recommend to someone who's starting out on one of these alternative paths Um, so to kick off this scenario one idea that i had or one thought if i was really in this scenario is i think in this stage um as olu has mentioned in the previous scenario you do have the room to fail And it is relatively low stakes compared to later on in your career. So I think in this stage, I would try to learn about as many different things as possible. And then once you're learning about these different things, whether it's through YouTube podcasts, like Take Flight Podcasts or courses or online courses or whatever area it is, once you found that one that seems to resonate more with you, then I would try and gravitate towards people that are doing extremely well in that scenario and find a way to help them. So if you can provide value to them early on in your career and you can find an opportunity to be in the same room as them, support them, help them, whatever it is, nothing will beat that firsthand experience. And I would say that actually getting that firsthand experience of a leader in that particular space will put you at an advantage after four years and someone at university who's interested in that space as well. So my general uh, recommendation is experiment a lot. And then once you find that one area that seems to resonate with you, a lot, then lean into the person that is leading that space and try your best to provide value to them and build a relationship to them, which I think over the mid to long term will pay extreme dividends. So that's it from from my end. Who would like to go uh, jump in next? Sure, I will go next. Um, I think the two things, if I was potentially 
looking to start a business venture or go a different route, what would be sort of the advice I'll give someone going down that path? I think two things. One, I would follow the money. And what I mean about that is if I'm going to start a business or go down a route, I always start off by understanding, okay, what does 5, 10, 20 years look like in that particular space? I think I even say that with university degrees, right? There's some people that will do a particular course or start a particular course, not really knowing what they want to do in five, 10 years time. That's not the sort of person I am. I will first start off with, okay, if I'm starting a business, looking at where are the high transactions in that particular space that have a large dollar amount, right? So if I know there's always going to be money in property, for example, because it's large transactions, large money that you're dealing with. There's always going to be money in investment banking, etc. whatever it is. First, find which are the industries or places I want to play based on the, um, the transactions and dollar amounts. Then the second thing I'll focus on is documenting a problem and a solution every day. I think that is such a great mindset to get into is within that particular those industries I've mentioned or that you've identified is when you start just do- writing down problems, solutions, problems, solutions, sooner or later, you're going to say, oh, that might be potentially a good business for me or be a problem to solve, right? The reason Uber was created was, again, lots of transactions in transportations, Uber taxi, right? Taxi particularly, right? But they said, ah, there's a problem here, right? One, the cost basis, the availabilities of taxis, etc., like that. People having another form of income and way to work. How do we solve that? There's the solution. Now I've got a company called Uber created. Having that mindset, those two elements, follow the money, the transactions, and then having a solution mindset. And that solution mindset should start even today. Sometimes I try to jot down on my whiteboard, here's a problem. What would be a good solution for it? Just to have that mindset. Um, I think it's great for you to adopt. What came to mind actually when I was thinking about this question was if I was to advise somebody who's starting thinking about business or having started to develop a business mindset at that age is I would actually recommend working on the fundamentals. And I would have appreciated more of a in-person sales type of role because I think what you learn, I think, I think in your journey in business, I think if you skip the sales step, you at some point need to come back and revisit it anyway so I think I think if you no matter what business you're in there's an element of sales that you need to understand or actually do yourself so I'd actually sort of recommend someone to sell you know a standard related product it doesn't have to be any anything innovative but just going through the process of what it's like to try and um, sell something to someone get a bunch of no's and figure out how to sort of work around the no's and and sort of generate generate um revenue because I think more than anything and the reason why I would suggest that is because the money is not important at that age what's important is the skills and 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 the resilience and your ability to handle rejection at such an early age which I think will put you in great stead even if you're working for a company because you're you you know you're still building yourself up or then eventually moving to actually building business so that would be something I would recommend to um, my children or, or anyone else would be to um, get the fundamentals in pretty early, understand marketing, understand sales, uh, even if it's for a little period, because I think it I think it does put you in good position um, over the lifetime of your career. And just to add to all the great points that have been said, I think if you're going down this route at a young age, I think it's very important to build resilience because you're going to hear a lot more no's than you are yes. I think it's important that you get familiar with hearing no, being rejected, especially if you haven't really, you know, you're, you're not going down the route of applying for jobs, et cetera, where you might be rejected, your rejections are going to come in a different form. People not wanting to, to, to part with their, sorry, people not wanting to part their, part their time to spend with you or to help you or someone saying they're going to help you with something and then not delivering. So I think it's very important that you build that resilience. Also, at the same time, I was even going to say, even if you are you business-minded and you've got that business acumen, I don't think it's any harm in applying for an apprenticeship, which is a different route to formal higher education of university, because whilst you're doing that, you're studying, you're also earning an income, and then you can definitely um, divert some of, well, not divert, you can spend some of your time outside of working to build on that business idea that you have, and also the working element will bring you some capital to help fund that. 
So I think an apprenticeship in this day and age, if I don't, if, for example, if I wasn't to go to university today, I would definitely explore the route of an apprenticeship because I think they're very valuable. A lot more companies and, you know, FTSE 100, Fortune 500 companies are offering apprenticeships and they are yielding some great people and have some very positive stories um, along the way. So th that's something I'll just add as well. Love it. Uh, Daniel, that's a fantastic way for us to to close the discussion part of the the episode. So, um, guys, just thank you so much for for the great contributions. I hope for you, the listeners, we've been able to cover a full spectrum of the different options and uh, things that would be good to consider this time of year in those different scenarios that we we spoke about. We appreciate your engagement. We appreciate your support. Uh, and I think with that, I'll pass it over to to Daniel to formally close off the episode. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think for me personally, this was a fun episode to prepare. It was nice to just think back, um, roll back the years. Um, but as always, if there's any feedback you have for us, please find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast. Please do engage with us on Instagram, TikTok, as well as YouTube, where all of our episodes are. And you can see us live in the flesh virtually. So without further ado, stay safe, God bless, and have a great week ahead. And we'll see you next week. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly, but